You're listening to World of Empowerment Radio. Your station for practical spirituality in a changing world. And here are your hosts, Angel Rose and Ahanu. Welcome, welcome. I am Ahanu, and Angel Rose is with me here, and she is beside me with her notebook open on a page with a truly fabulous story, which she is going to read to you in a little while. Now, many of you will remember that before Christmas, we decided to do something slightly different with this podcast, and we told you how we joined and formed a little writing group in central Oregon where we would start with a little prompt. Do you remember, Angel Rose? And Mm -hmm. the prompt would basically prompt people to write a story about that. Now, there was no rules, actually, but if there was to be a rule, the only rule was that you incorporated that prompt somewhere into your story. And it could be a true story, it could be made up, it could be fact fiction, whatever you liked, but you basically had to incorporate this little prompt. And since then, we have written quite a number of these stories with the group, and they are so good, even though I say so myself, in terms of the creativity from this little group, that we will publish them before this year is out. Isn't that how good they are, Angel Rose? Yes, but let's explain the prompt a little bit more to people. What happens is that somebody brings a book at random, and somebody else says a page, and someone else says a line in that page. And so we just look up whatever that sentence is, and that becomes our prompt. That's the phrase or the sentence that we have to create a story around. And we have 45 minutes to write, and then at that time, um, the story has to be finished in 45 minutes, and then we each read each other's. And so we're always amazed at the different stories that come out of each person based mm. on that one phrase. So our our goal is, our intention is, is to make a collection of short stories uh, from all these uh, wonderful writings that the people in our community have done and publish it for the public. And one of the things that I like about this, and I think most people do like about it, is that it's different from other writing groups where this we don't criticize each other's works. Because in some writing groups, it, it would be to teach you writing, teach right. you the art and the skill of writing. And in that way, they would criticize what you've written constructively. But with us, there's no criticism. And it's it's not about criticism. It's simply about just putting pen to paper and writing, knowing that whatever you put down will not be criticized. So we've taken that element out of it. Now, people can read their little stories to the group after they finish or choose not to. But, of course, everybody does because we really get such a kick out of it and the stories are amazing. As Angel Rose said, what people do with that prompt is very inspiring. So we'd like to start with my own story first. And the prompt that we got for this one was called The True Nature of Reality. And look out for the differences between my version of The True Nature of Reality and Angel Rose's version of The True Nature of Reality. And you'll see exactly what we mean. So here we go. Robert DeVoe adjusted the aperture of the giant telescope. For weeks, he had been tracking the object in the night sky to the left of Orion's belt, But now, for the first time since he registered the sighting of the Vatican Observatory's anomalies log, 
he got exact coordinates and exact speed. Along with that, his giant Cray tracking computer registered its trajectory, showing that it was a hundred light years away, but more importantly, it was on a course of head-on collision with Earth. A quick computation in his head told him this object would collide in exactly ten days. Glancing to the computer screen, he smiled for a moment that his own brain had correctly calculated the arrival of this object faster than the enormous military-grade Cray processor in the air-conditioned room beside him. Ah, computers, robotics, artificial intelligence, they're all nothing without the human brain. As he stared through the tiny eyepiece, his view seemed to expand into infinity in every direction. Lost in awe at the wonder of the true nature of reality, the realization dawned on him, slowly at first. Then his palms grew sweaty, and he could feel the knots tightening in his stomach. The red lights on the telescope's central control panel began flashing red. The ticker tape began spewing out reams of digital data, and the computerized voice scared him into another reality with its warning. Alert! Alert! Incoming! Incoming! Alert! Alert! Robert DeVoe took his eye from the eyepiece of the telescope and focused instead on the photograph of his wife and daughter on the stainless steel workbench beside him. Jeez, who do I call first? Melinda or the President? Just then, the lights went off and he could hear the always-on hum of the cooling fans in the observatory all powering down. The ticker tape stopped dead midway across the page. The computer screams all flashed to a single dot of white light in the centre and then went black and the bolts in the security doors all clunked shut in the blink of an eye. Robert picked up the phone but there was silence on the other end. Suddenly he heard a voice. Hello, it said in a soft friendly voice. I am Alwa. Prepare for landing. Touchdown in T minus ten, nine, eight. Robert ran to the window where he had often looked out over the slopes of the mountain plateau to the lights of the city below. He often thought he could see into the distance across land as easily as he could across the infinity of space and see his wife and daughter in the bedroom, she reading a bedtime story of the fairies in the stars and the cow jumping over the moon. But this was not his reality now. The voice continued. Three, two, one. And then there was silence. Now, Alan, that's a cliffhanger. There's going to have to be a sequel to that, isn't there? I certainly there? wouldn't have been calling the president first. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, Angel Rose, you're up. Okay, so here's my story. Same prompt, the true nature of reality. Inevitably, Samuel knew it would either be a disaster or a miracle. All the signs were there. The skies had been behaving strangely. Large, bright, white light holes had been appearing for weeks now, randomly, and in various places around the world. New colors never seen before welcomed the dawning sunrise and the setting sun. 
These moments were magical. They uplifted onlookers and left all in a state of awe. Awe was the right word, for on one hand, the phenomena inspired new hope, and on the other hand, it brought a sense of fear. What does it all mean? There was no place to hide from the phenomena. It was happening worldwide. There were no predicting the occasions. They could occur at any time, day or night. Lately, there had been sounds accompanying them. Some sounded like symphonies of angels, and others sounded like a fury of God right before Judgment Day. Everyone knew the world was changing. There was no denying it. Birds, bees, fish, whales, and dolphins were finding themselves losing direction and dying by the thousands. No one could figure it out. It was all too disturbing. Were the species leaving? And if so, where were they going and why? How would that affect us, humans? Were we going to become an endangered species as well? It was obvious that we humans were out of our league and had no clue about the true nature of reality. We didn't understand the sky, the new colors, the sounds, or the various dying off of species. There were no theories or speculations that made any sense. What was once stable was no longer. What was before relied upon was now shifting and changing moment by moment. Thought processes were becoming jarred. Emotions were a mix of bliss and terror. Mundane conversations were a thing of the past. Samuel had made it his business to travel around and record these phenomena. He was obsessed with witnessing them. It was his first new passion. He liked the feeling of being in awe of something bigger than himself. He even liked the mixture of ecstasy and fear. Were they one and the same, he wondered? After hearing reports of skies opening up in Hawaii, he found himself lying on a bed of recently cooled lava in the evening of September 2nd. He could still feel subtle levels of warmth as he lied down, his back finding relief after journeying from place to place this past year. As he lay peacefully there, the evening sky changed to an immense canopy of stars. They were twinkling in rhythmic patterns as if sending coded messages between themselves. Samuel wondered what their conversations were about and if they could see and be aware of him so far below. Vibrations coming from the earth had begun to permeate his body like ocean waves undulating in comforting flows. He knew he would stay here the night until the sun gradually enveloped it into itself. He liked that he was alone, just he, the earth, and the universe. Oddly, the undulating currents in his body were beginning to make musical sounds in his ears. It began there first, and then spread to his brain, his mouth, his bones, and soon his entire body became a musical symphony. He heard it there for the first time, the music of the spheres. It was everywhere. 
It was within and without. It was up and it was down. It went through air and stone equally. There was no separation. The earth was ringing. Her music was getting louder. It was affecting water, earth, air, and fire, and humans were becoming the witnesses. It was a glorified transformation. Samuel knew it would be good, and so it was. And that's the end of that prompt, Tahanu. That's the end of that prompt. And do you know something? Sometimes I notice wonderful little lines that come out of these stories. And one that stood out from your story, Angel Rose, was humans were becoming the witnesses. Right. I thought that was a fabulous line. Yeah, very beautiful. Okay, Okay. we're going to take a quick little studio break. And when we come back, we're going into two new stories both from the same prompt, and this time the prompt is Angel Rose. One way or another, that gives poetry its musical qualities. Okay, we'll be back shortly. Years of research, thousands of profound statements, hundreds of sessions, miles of transcripts, Months of listening, a vast archive of personal power and spiritual awareness awaits you. Join worldofempowerment.com today, a website of practical spirituality for your fast-changing world. worldofempowerment.com Okay, welcome back. You're with Angel Rose and Ahanu. And for this second half of this episode, we're using the prompt one way or another, that gives poetry its musical qualities. Clara sat at the piano and turned to the window to gaze across the rooftops of her Santa Clara home. Clara from Santa Clara, she thought. My dear mother died before she could tell me if she named me after the city, but now it's time to reread her letter to me. Clara shifted her position on the piano stool and slowly opened the grey manila envelope that simply said, From Clara to Clara. She had read it a thousand times, but something told her this time it would be different. The aching in her heart for a deeper meaning to her life, for real love, had been growing since she turned 44 years old and her recent divorce had left her vacant and alone. My dearest, beautiful Clara, the letter began, you will be without me when you read this, but you will not be alone. I will not be here to see your beautiful face or on your cheek to plant a kiss or even somewhere to call you on the phone. But here I am at heaven's gate as though it always was my fate to deliver you into earth's domain and Santa Clara will sing its own refrain for you. That's it, she exclaimed. She gave me this gift of music and now I must use that gift to bring happiness. Her lines were poetry and I never saw it. She used the magic of words to turn sound into music. One way or another, That gives poetry its musical qualities. Clara turned to the piano and started playing. 
She played as if her mother sat beside her, a duet in Clara Major. Her fingers slipped across the keys like lace on naked skin. She soared into the heights of ecstasy as her joy wrapped her heart in love, and she burst into song with words that came from across the eons of time. I am with you, Clara, Clara. I am not one, but two. I am like gone with the wind at Tara. I am so in love with you. The conductor waved his wand, and the orchestra began. First violins, then tubas, then trumpets, then big bass drums. The Santa Clara Choir brought the annual Philharmonic Music Award ceremony to a magical close as Clara took centre stage. As she approached the microphone for her acceptance speech, she felt for her mother's manila envelope in her pocket and spoke just seven words. From Clara to Clara, I love you always. So nice, uh, honey. Did you like that one, Angela? I did like that one. Very sweet. Not like your normal, (laughs) your normal twisted spy novels. I beg your pardon. Intrigue stories. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's hear what Angel Rose has written using that same prompt that one way or another that gives poetry its musical qualities. All right, here we go. It was in the seventh heaven where Maribel had resided since she emerged as a spark of light. She came out as the 32nd tone on the musical scale, and she emitted a beautiful yellow golden aura mixed with effervescent sparks of crystal light. She was obviously female in her vibration, and she wouldn't have had it any other way. The seventh heaven was a radiant place, the atmosphere undulated with a multitude of frequencies and color that shifted and changed moment by moment. But what really made the seventh heaven spectacular was the music. The music was a symphony and orchestra of notes coming together, some in beautiful harmonies and others in loud clashes and booms. Being embedded in music and color daily, was what Maribel knew as life. Other beings in the seventh heaven spent their time creating poetry. One couldn't tell if the colors and musical notes in this place were natural to this level or if it was the poetry created daily that took its form as music and color. It was obvious that one way or the other that gives poetry its musical qualities. Maribel didn't spend her time contemplating and creating poetry. She was much too dynamic for that. Being the 30-second note on the musical scale, she wanted effects. She wanted to cause profound changes, jar reality into expressions it had never before demonstrated. So it came as no surprise that she would want to explore beyond the seventh heaven or below the seventh heaven. All of it was a smorgasbord of wonder to Maribel. But how could she leave this place? Where was the doorway out? Above, below, or sideways? 
No one that she knew had ever left or ventured beyond the seventh heaven boundaries, not even for a day. So her search had begun. She decided that whichever doorway she found first, that would be the one she'd take. First, she sat herself down in the temple of frequencies that drew in light and sound from all directions and pooled them all in the center. One could immerse themselves in this pool and be rejuvenated or simply travel on the various frequencies in their consciousness. Maribel's purpose this day was to invite in the frequencies and waves that would open her first doorway to another heaven. As she immersed herself in the pool, waves of disturbance filled her being. The waves were chaotic, sharp, and irritating. Maribel was suddenly taken down through a dark hole in the center of the pool. There was nothing she could do. The force of it pulled her deeper and deeper downward, and the hole was becoming more and more narrow, exerting a suffocating pressure on her. She was spiraling out of control, and then suddenly, as quickly as the hole had sucked her in, it now spat her out, and she landed with a thud on a cold and dark surface. Maribel lay there for what seemed like hours, trying to orient herself. She was dizzy and found it hard to get her bearings. On the one hand, she was delighted to have arrived somewhere new, and on the other hand, she hadn't quite expected the coldness and darkness of this place. It was not filled with the colors that permeated the seventh heaven, nor was there any music to be heard. No one was creating beautiful poetry. In fact, she saw no one at all. Not at first, anyway. Maribel stood up, shook herself off, and began her exploration. The landscape was unusual. She couldn't float here. Getting from one place to the other took effort, and she had to stop often to catch her breath. There were hills and valleys here, rocky spots, and then smooth spots, and the darkness was everywhere, and the coldness stayed. After some hours, Maribel noticed the faint lightning of the sky overhead. An excitement and curiosity came over her. She jumped up and watched the light intently. First it came slowly, softly, and then it burst forth with a fury of fire. It was something she had never seen before. It was a sun newly born. And although she didn't know it, she had been the cause. After all, she was the 32nd note on the musical scale, the note of pure love. The end, Ahanu. Ah, that is such a beautiful story. I absolutely <laughs> loved that the first time I heard it. I thought it was such a, such a deep, such a beautiful story. It's amazing what you do with the same sentence, though, isn't it? It really is. And all the other people in the group, I think there's about eight of us, all their stories are so unique and inspiring and interesting and funny. And this is the reason why we want to publish them all in a book of short stories. We do. And speaking about publishing, this is where we need your help. And we, we're asking you to help us 
published this book. And we have started a little GoFundMe campaign called Create My Book With Me. And you can contribute to helping us getting this published by going to GoFundMe.com forward slash Create My Book With Me. The Create My Book With Me part has hyphens between the words. So it's create hyphen my hyphen book hyphen with hyphen me. And if you go there, you can contribute any amount, but any amount would really be very much appreciated and would go hugely towards helping us to publish the book because there are all kinds of expenses, as you know. There's the purchasing of the ISBN numbers, there's editing, there's cover design, there's printing costs, there's reviews, there's promotional material, advertising, distribution, there's all of that that goes into it. And we would just love for you to come and help us support the creation of this book called Create My Book With Me. And supporting our community as well, because this is our first real community effort, Ahano, for the people who do come to our writing group in Bend, Oregon. And it will be a way for them to have their voice be heard in a book of short stories, which we're envisioning hopefully would be available at airports or any place people are traveling or anybody really who just likes to pick up an interesting book at night and read it and read a, a bunch of short stories. And it reminds me of uh, when we were in Ireland, Ahano, there was that radio show Sunday with Miss Eleni. Sunday Miss Eleni, it was Sunday called, Sunday Miss yes. Eleni. Yeah. And we used to love that because what it was was just a radio broadcast of different short stories that people mm. sent in and submitted. And we used to find that so interesting. Uh, we used to love that show. Mm-hmm. And this is similar. This is very much the same, even though we're not necessarily recording them all on radio. We, we do envision a nice, good-sized book of these short stories with so many topics we've been doing over the past year, actually. All sorts of topics and everybody's stories, like I say. they are. It's amazing what the imagination does. And how unique people are in the way they think about things. Yes. And there's one thing that I'd like to say in closing, and that is how this exercise helps people grow in confidence. Because, Angel Rose, you'll know and you'll remember, when, whenever somebody new joins the group and they're reading their story for the first time, they're always full of apologies, aren't they? You know, they're they saying, are. oh, you know, my, mine is not as professional as your guys and my story is, you know... Is, is not really worth anything. And, and there's all these full of apologies. But you give it two or three weeks of uh, this meeting once a week and the stories that they come out with are absolutely extraordinary and inspiring, aren't they? And then there's yeah. never any more apologies after that. I, I did that too, Hanna, when we started. I would listen to everybody else's story. And when it came time for me to read mine, I was not only shy, but, you know, I would apologize too first. And then I found that it actually took me two or three meetings before my imagination kicked in. I I felt that my first few stories were pretty, pretty dry and more just, you know, factual things about my own life. And then one day, all of a sudden, one day, my imagination just kicked in. And and with these, it's important to say, too, it's not like we're sitting there you know, beforehand, after we hear the prompt and we're taking some time to contemplate what we're going to say, we don't have time to do that. It's just a spontaneous thing. You just start writing, 
And oftentimes you don't even know where each sentence is leading. That's what's amazing about it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden that buzzer goes off where you have five minutes and you're going, oh no, right. I have to come up with a conclusion to this story. But, and that's part of what's so interesting about these is how people end them. Yes. You know, and the, the strange twists and turns that they take because they've run out of time. Yeah. But it's so, it's such a fun thing to do. And you're right, it inspires confidence and creativity. And, yeah. and some of the things you write, you, you know, there were one I wrote, I remember that as I wrote it, I thought, well, this is a past life of mine that I didn't even know I had. But anyway, we just find these stories are, are so thought provoking. And some are very entertaining where we've laughed through the whole thing. So we do hope you'll help us publish this book. We would like to get it out by June this year. Mm -hmm. So if you could please go to GoFundMe.com and look for... Yeah, look for the name of that. The name of our campaign is called uh, GoFundMe.com forward slash Create My Book With Me. That's hyphenated. Create yes. my book. With and what me. will people get if they contribute? How do you, you remember? Know, yeah, uh, that's the type of crowdfunding campaign where they don't have rewards, as it were, not like some of the other crowdfunding campaigns. But we will send people the uh, Kindle version of this book. Anybody who donates, we'll certainly give them either a PDF download of the finished book or a Kindle version of the book. And then I, I think we might have some kind of a threshold simply because of costs, where if somebody donates a certain amount, we would happily ship them the finished printed book and yes. we sign it too. Sign. We sign it. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. All okay. right. So that was, this is fun today, Ahano, and I hope you listeners enjoyed these little stories. And until next time. Until next time. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu on World of Empowerment Radio, your station for practical spirituality in a changing world.